Almighty God. Thank you, Jesus. What an atmosphere. Hallelujah. Praise your Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, I tell you what, I feel good tonight. Praise God. I feel good tonight. I appreciate all the word that came forth, those scriptures. They all bless me. A lot of it ties into what I'm going to be talking about tonight. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I still want to want to pray real quick. Lord, I just thank you, God, for everyone on this line. I thank you, God, for the atmosphere. I thank you, God, for the words that were spoken. I thank you, God, for the things that were broken tonight already. God, I just thank you, God, that we are peculiar people, Lord God. We can come to you boldly and talk to you, God. We thank you, God, that you know everything about us, that every hair on our head is numbered, God. We don't have to worry, God. We don't have to because you know everything about us, Lord God. We just we just thank you, Lord, that you already know what we're going to ask for before we ask it. God, we know that if you hear us, that we will receive the petitions we have requested. That is Bible. That's First John. God, we just thank you, Lord. God, I just thank you, God. Amen. Lord, I thank you for this word tonight. Lord, I thank you for the hearers. I pray, God, that it's spoken the way that you would like it to be spoken. And I pray, God, that it falls on good ground and people are blessed tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know if you guys can hear if my background is a little noisy. I hope not. If it is, please forgive me. I have a little different setup. Oh, well, praise God. That's, <laughs> that's good. Amen. Amen. So I, I just want to take a minute and acknowledge all the leaders on this line and those who do what you do every day for the kingdom, the kingdom builders. Praise God. God bless you for all the work that you do every day, no matter where you are, work, school, home, dealing with people you have to deal with. God bless you. Stay strong. Keep up the faith. Keep moving. Praise God. So I... Amen. I am completely blessed and truly honored to be back here on this line and have an opportunity to share with people with like minded, like minded people who know that Jesus is Lord. So I'm here tonight. I really just want to encourage everyone. I heard someone say that earlier and I said, well, exactly. Amen. We need that. And I, I was sitting here thinking, I'm like, man, do we really? know how blessed we really are where we could come together no one's breaking down our door to stop us from worshiping no one's coming against us because we worshiping i mean we know we got to fight against those principalities i'm not talking about them i'm talking about like government agencies and people who are totally against what we believe and trying to kill us in our own homes but people face that and i'm just so blessed to be able to sit here and, and talk to you about christ tonight i mean with everything going on in our world, people starving, suicide rates increasing, wars, unrest, people without hope, high divorce rates. I tell you what, we, we cannot lose hope no matter what's going on. You watch the news, that's like the most depressing hour in the history of man. Rarely do they say anything that's good. And, you know, everything, the whole world is crashing. But see, we, 
we have the promise keepers. We have the prayer warriors to keep things at bay and to rebuke and to bind and break like I heard tonight. So I just thank God for that. I thank God for that. And I thank God for faith. That's what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about faith. And so I just want to encourage everyone to keep the faith. Amen. Because a lot of folks get really discouraged and get discouraged quickly. And a lot of those folks, you know, they they identify as Christian. You know, people go through. I heard prophets talk about cycles. People go through cycles in their lives. You know, some up, some down. And they begin to despair and they lose faith. But let me ask you this rhetorical question. For the Christian, what can you do without faith? What could you possibly do without faith? Faith. So tonight, I want to look at a few examples of faith and discuss the power of faith and what it means for us. I mean, if you look at Old and New Testament, especially the King James Version. Each version has their own different number, but 336 times the word faith is mentioned. 336 times. And that's not counting unfaithfulness or unfaithful. That's just the word faith. What is it? I like to define faith by, by the way the Bible defines faith. It says now, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's Hebrews 11.1. We've heard that scripture all of our lives. Most of us have anyway. If you can see it, you can deal with it. It's probably not faith because it's something that's hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. It's your belief. You believe this or that is going to happen. Why? Because I have faith that is going to happen. And I'll look at Merriam-Webster real quick. It says to have complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Strong belief in God or in the doctrines of a religion based on spiritual apprehension rather than proof. You know, I'm not talking about the system of faith or the the overall Christian belief of faith. I'm talking about our individual Faith to have trust or confidence, you know, a strongly held belief or a theory. So let's look at that tonight. So tonight's text is going to be Mark chapter 11. If you have your Bibles, Mark chapter 11. We're going to get into a little bit of what happened during Passion Week. Of course, Passion Week or also known as Holy Week. That's the period from the from Palm Sunday to Easter Sunday, that last week of Jesus's ministry. Of course, he's crucified on Friday. And so that last week, let's look at that. A couple of things happened during Passion Week in chapter 11. Anyway, number one, Jesus marched into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey. That was on a Monday. He marched in Jerusalem into Jerusalem. People were celebrating him, throwing down branches, cloaks, clothing, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes into the name, who comes in the name of the Lord. But I tell you what's funny. 
when you read verses 1 through 10, some of those same people who build him up, they're praising God. Look at, look at him. This is Jesus. Some of those same people later, the same week, will cry and crucify him. My God. Some of those same people, we have to be careful too. Because everybody who prays you and who lifts you up, they're not really for you. But I think we know that. So that's one thing that happened that week. Next, he cursed and rebuked the fig tree. Verses 11 through 14. And then he overturned money changers tables in the temple. Verses 15 through 19. So as we look at Mark, I like to always start with who wrote this book? And when did they write this book? And what? What is the significance of this author? That's how I start just about every book. So John Mark, who's also known as just Mark, this is the cousin of Barnabas. You might remember Barnabas who had that, I would say, schism or division with Paul over Mark. That's part of the reason why they stopped evangelizing together at the time. Was It was over Mark, Barnabas' cousin. So John Mark wrote this book. Some scholars say between 80 40, some say some say in the 80 40, some say in 80 60s. But let me tell you, let's let's get into this text. So I'm going to read uh, this is on a Tuesday. I'm going to read verses 11 20 to verse 26. So verse 20 to verse 26. Let's read this. It says, And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots he had already cursed the fig tree and so i'll start right there for a minute the fig tree i personally have never seen a fig tree not in real life i've only seen it in like pictures or on the internet but i started looking up the fig tree and this tree in my mind i thought it was like a little medium-sized tree almost like a shrub and i'm like okay well i mean it grows in the desert so how big can it really be? Well, I was wrong. There are various types of fig trees. And I don't know if anyone's ever seen one in real life, but the common fig tree, it has multiple trunks that twist and turn and they branch out really wide. The tree itself can grow between 15 to 30 feet. It has really large green leaves that shed annually. One thing about the fruit itself, the fig on this tree, is it's really high in sugar. And it can be eaten almost any type of way. It can be eaten fresh or dried. But it doesn't last long on the tree. It doesn't last long, but it's extremely popular. They produce harvest between June and November of every year. And that depends on the weather, of course. But one really unique characteristic of this tree is that it, it stays resistant during drought so it doesn't need a lot of water that's why it's prevalent in the deserts this fig tree and it grows really really well in deserts most things do not this does so it's used to harsh climates and it's used to to blossoming and being really strong and producing all, all types of large figs in a desert. That's what makes it unique. And so usually around Jerusalem or that whole Mediterranean area, you will find fig trees. 
you'll find fig trees. This tree at one point was so popular that the ancient Greeks, when they would have the Olympic Games, and the spectators, not spectators, but the participants would win their event, they would give them a fig tree or they would give them figs or parts of a fig tree. This was considered to be a really, really great honor. Really, really great honor. So that's the fig tree. So let me go back to Mark eleven twenty one, And it says, And Peter calling to remembrance said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. Verse 22, And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God. Have faith in God. That's one of my favorite scriptures. Have faith in God. Now, some translations have it as have God kind of faith. Some people don't like that. Some people do. But that's what some translations mean. <clears throat> Verse 23. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Verse 24. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. Verse 25. And when you stand praying, forgive. If you have ought against any, that your father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. Verse 26 is powerful. You want something from God. You want to be forgiven, but you're not forgiving anyone else. That's a problem. That's a big problem. Amen. Amen. And so let me tell you, when I look at verse 21, when it talks about Peter and he's drawing Jesus' attention, he's saying, hey, that tree that you curse has withered. When you look at the NIV, the New International Version, the New Living Translation, the New King James Version, they all pretty much say the same thing, where they make this sentence very excitable. They use exclamation points. But what I find interesting is when you look at the King James Version, it does not do that. It's just a regular, normal, declarative sentence. There's no exclamation point. And I started thinking, well, wait a minute. Let's look at this in more detail. Why are these other three books? And I'm not suggesting that those translations are bad. Don't, don't take me the wrong way. I'm just saying there's a contrast between the King James and those other three. And I started thinking about this. Would, how would Peter think about it? Peter walked with Jesus for three years he saw all types of miracles okay now it's estimated jesus walked about three thousand miles in those three years doing ministry in that entire region they were walking with him or riding a donkey now can you imagine walking three thousand miles in three years for ministry now some people don't even want to drive three hours for ministry. And you're going to walk 3,000 miles? But Peter, according to those other three translations, and I'm sure there are more, those are the four I looked at, 
It says, basically, it made it seem as if Peter was amazed at this one miracle. But I'm thinking about this. Peter saw a man lowered down from a rooftop to be healed. Peter saw the blind given sight. He saw people with diseases healed. He saw the demon possessed set free. He saw mute speak. He saw the dead raised. Or he knew of Jesus raising the dead with, with Lazarus. He knew about the 10 lepers who were cleansed. 5,000 men on a mountainside were fed with loaves of bread and five fish. Now, that doesn't count the women. That doesn't include the women because you know it was more than 5,000 because women were there too and the children. And so when I look at this scripture, verse 21, I'm like, well, if I'm Peter, I'm trying to get in the mind of Peter. If I'm Peter, am I really Am I really excited because I saw some roots dry up? I don't know. I'm not trying to say he wasn't. I just think it's thought provoking is what I'm trying to say, church. I, I think it's interesting. I mean, you you see Jesus talk to the Sumerian woman at Jacob's well near the city of Shachar and all the whole, Bible said the whole town came out to hear Jesus and many were saved. Many were saved. And so, when you think about this passage of this tree and God talking about how Jesus talked about having faith in God. And I'm thinking about this tree. I'm like, now this tree. It had green leaves because the Bible describes it as having leaves on it. So it's not like the tree was dead before Jesus cursed it. It wasn't. You won't you don't have to curse something that's already dead, dude. I mean, and so I'm saying, OK, so this is a powerful scripture here. And it's very similar to us, whereas we have life, we look strong, we look healthy. But guess what we have in common with this tree? We don't have the fruit. We don't have the fruit. We have that outward appearance of being something that we're not, where we don't have that what we should have. We don't have the fruit to account for what we should be doing. I see parallel with us. I see parallel with us sometimes. See, because sometimes it's not what's on the outside, but it's truly what's happening on the inside that matters. Because you can fool people all day long. Because let's be honest, those of us who grew up in church, we have church down to a science. We know when sister so-and-so gonna shout. We know when sister so-and-so gonna dance. <laughs> we know when this one going to kick the shoes off. We know when this one going to go running around the pulpit or running around the congregation. We have it down. But you cannot fool God at any time. You can't do it. So we have to be careful because, see, that outward appearance that you put on, that we put on, I'm not trying to point a finger at anybody, it'll catch up to you because you can only play church for so long. You, got, you can only play church for so long. You're going to have to come before God and you're going to have to get it right. And you're going to have to start bearing some fruit. You're going to have to start bearing some fruit. Praise God. Hallelujah. So I wanted to let you know, I have a few points I'd like to make tonight. I have about five points 
and then we're going to pray. But here's here's my first point. My first point is what Jesus said in verse 22. He said, and to me in my life, this is the end all of everything, pretty much. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. What's the opposite of that? Hebrews 11, 6, it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Have faith in God. You cannot exercise what you don't use. What you don't use, you cannot exercise. What God has given us, we can make it grow. But you have to exercise your faith for that. In other words, use your faith. Faith has very little to do with what you see. It's not about what you see. It's so easy to look at a situation in the natural and lose faith. Everything going wrong. You know, you got bills coming out of the yin-yang. It's like somebody sitting down just printing up bills, handing them to you. You don't know where they're coming from. I've been through that. Everything coming your way. You don't know why or or why now. And then you have these so-called friends who you thought were friends. All of a sudden, they start to desert you. Or somebody hear a rumor about you that's not even true. And instead of checking with you, they show you who they are. They just up and leave you. You know, it's it's easy when you're going through stuff to say, you know what? I'm looking at this thing. And now you be stuck. Now you start to let depression and sadness sink in when just exercise your faith and know God will take care of you. He will take care of you. It doesn't matter who leaves you. He won't. We have the comforter who will never leave us, by the way. Just stay the course. Hallelujah. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. We're not even called to look at things in the natural. You know that? That's not our calling as Christians. We're not called to see things as the world does or else we could be called worldly. That's not our calling. We are peculiar. We are peculiar people that speak to problems as if they are not problems because of our faith. We need to speak to those problems. We are mountain movers. That's not for everybody. We move the mountains. That's not for everybody. That's for us. Praise God. Hallelujah. We are people who take bad reports and say, not so, devil. That's not for me. I don't care what this doctor had to say. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter. That's what you say. But until I talk to my father, I hear you. I'm not going to disrespect you. But I'm going to smile because I'm going to talk to my father. I don't know where that came from because he didn't tell me that. That's what you're telling me. And, and we say, okay, this bad report for our friends, not so for our friends. We cover our friends. And if, my, if our friends don't have the faith, hallelujah. If our friends don't have the faith, guess what? We'll have faith enough to believe. Because not everybody's on the same level. We're not all on the same level. We're just not when it comes to faith. The Bible says man was given a measure of faith. It doesn't say man was given all the same measure of faith. It doesn't say that. So when we look at these demonic schemes and how the enemy uses people against us, we're supposed to do one thing, two things, really. Exercise our faith and run to the rock that's higher than us. Run to the rock that's higher than us because we not only believe in the rock, but we know the rock and he knows us. 
We don't just know him by name. We know him. He knows us. We are faith driven people, faith driven people. We are not driven by fear. And if you do have fear in your life, I've been there where I had fear in my life. I think I talked to you guys about that about a year and a half ago, maybe. And the Lord had to get me straight with that. I'm just being honest. I like to be transparent when I come on this line. I had to break that off of me, being fearful of different things spiritually. That's no, you have to be useful for the kingdom. And if you can't supply the faith and be useful and start bearing the fruit, guess what? God's will still going to be accomplished. Somebody else will just do it. I don't want anybody picking up my slack. I don't want anybody else picking up my slack. I'm going to do my own job. You know, it's just like me at work today. When I get when I get my work done, I get paid for that. So if I'm not doing my work, where's my payment? I'm not doing anything. Why do I deserve it? So we're the, that type of people, the faith-driven people, where we call on things that be not as though they were. That's Romans 14, for, I'm sorry, Romans 4, 17, where it says, I have made thee a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which are not as though they were. That's who we are. That's who we are. We look at impossible situations and say it's possible with God, Matthew 19, 26, where it says, but Jesus beheld them and said unto them, with men, this is impossible but with God, all things are possible. Luke 1, 37, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. I mean, my whole life has been from the very beginning, the time I was born, real talk, no joke, was impossible. I wasn't even supposed to be here, but I'm here. I'm here. I mean, by the natural, I wasn't supposed to be here, but God already, of course, God knew what he was doing. I mean, I have been through all kinds of things that if my mother, when I was a child, my mother and my father and my sisters and my relatives were not praying for me. I don't know what would have happened, but their faith, their faith blessed me through a lot of different things. A lot of different things. Praise God. In fact, you can't even become a Christian unless you exercise faith. When you read Romans 10, 8, it says, but what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. Verse 9, that if thou con shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. How are you getting saved without faith? Can't. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Praise God. Praise God. Faith, y'all. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. You don't have you don't need to have faith in the stock market. You don't need to have faith in even that job that you go to every day. That job is not your source. I'm here to tell you right now. That's not your source. That's just that's just a, a way by which God uses to transfer what you need. But that's not your source. Your source is God. Don't ever get that twisted. And just like he blessed you with that one, he can bless you with another one. Let them act crazy with you. He'll bless you with one even better. So he is our source. I know I know you guys know this, but I just want to emphasize it to encourage you tonight. I know you know this, but I'm just simply letting you know that God is God, period. And he is our source. Point number two. You move your mountain. You move your mountain. Verse 23. It says, for verily I say unto you, 
that whatsoever shall whatsoever whosoever shall say unto this mountain be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shalt not doubt in his heart but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass he shall have whatsoever he saith you can go to mama you can go to daddy you can go to brother you can go to sister but you know what it says we can move those mountains and sometimes you need people you're going to touch and agree with I, I get that i understand that but what's in front of you you have to move that thing what is a mountain it could be anything that's troubling you it could be sickness disease or trial anything that's not dealt with properly that could ruin that could bring ruin delay and destruction you want to move that and you're going to pray and you're going to have faith that god will show you how to do that if you don't have the strength to do it that's where your brothers and sisters come in front come in at you touch and agree with them and you pray and you get that thing handled because that's a part of who we are we cover each other by faith and so sometimes you know it's a difference between victory or defeat your faith your prayers but it can't be that you have faith and unbelief doubt and unbelief is the enemy of faith it has to be one or the other you can't be double-minded you cannot we learn that from scripture from james so you can't have both in your life and expect to be successful it's not possible one will dominate the other i i promise you that because i've been there so you have to choose you have to choose and when you look at ephesians we were given the metaphorical shield of faith to quench not some not a little bit, but all of the fiery darts of the enemy. We have that shield. We got to use it, that shield of faith. It's like I used to be in law enforcement. Some of you may know that. Some of you may not. But when you go through training and they start giving you tools for the job, if you don't use the tools of the job, chances are you're going to fail at the job, just to be honest and to be real. So imagine being in law enforcement or being a soldier. You receive a shield and you don't use it. Now you're putting other people around you in jeopardy because you need to use what you were given. Because sometimes that shield is not just for you. It's to shield other people around you, but you're not using it. That shield of faith, you have to cover them. So you, you can't enlist in the army and not be equipped for a fight. I mean, you have to use the tools you were given. Your main tool is your faith. And so whatever you're facing, I don't know everybody on this line. I have no idea, but whatever it may be, because we all have things that we have to kind of hurdle over and get through and break like the prophets were saying tonight or just drive through. We have strongholds. We got to pull down whatever it is you're facing. Please do yourself one favor. Never, ever give up and don't think you cannot do it because maybe it's for you to do it just to prove a point that. Hey, if I can do this, God knows something down the road that may be even bigger that you have to go through. But you already handle it once. You can handle it twice. You see, you build up that confidence and you know that you can handle it. But just don't ever give up. You can have trouble at school. Don't give up. Trouble on the job. Don't give up. Trouble in your personal life. Trouble at home. You know, sometimes you just got to move that mountain. Move it. And before you know it, it's in the sea. Because you trust God. You trust God. And let's not forget, faith is one of the fruits of the Spirit. You have it. It's not like you don't have it. You've been equipped with it. You don't have to rush through everything, but just trust God. Have faith in God.
Point number three. Take charge of your own vision. Take charge of your own vision. Did you notice what Jesus did in that passage I read? He cursed the tree. But before he cursed that tree, he didn't walk up and consult with all those apostles. He didn't ask anybody anything. You know why? Because he knew who he was and he knew what he could do. You don't have to run to everybody and get a word when you already know what you're supposed to do. You just need to exercise your faith and get it done. He didn't ask anybody. He knew who he was. And plus, sometimes other people can't see your vision. They can't see your goals and what you like to do to move forward in your life. That's your vision. That's your life. And I would say this to you. I would admonish you. Don't share your vision with everybody who call themselves brother and sister. Don't do that because, look, I have seen a lot of jealousy in the church. And I'm not trying to say anything bad about anybody's church or anything like that. But remember, people are people. It is the truth. Amen. People are people. And, you know, it's just like my family. I come from a family of ministers and deacons and stuff. And my sisters have beautiful angelic voices like you wouldn't believe. And, you know, in church. The pastor was always like, well, we can get the hills, because that's my last name, to sing for us or what have you. And people get jealous of that. You, don't be jealous of somebody else's gift. I'm pretty sure God gave you a gift. Use your own gift and take that gift God gave you, couple it with your vision, and you get your own vision done. You don't have to be jealous of anybody because what God did for you, he could do for somebody else. And you never know. The gift you're not using that God gave you, he may want to use you and that gift in an arena that or a platform that's so large. But because you're so caught up in the flesh and in the work of the flesh with this jealousy that you can't even possibly see straight on how God want to use you. But when he give you a gift and give you a vision, I mean, you don't need to run to everybody and tell them about your vision. Don't always let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Use your faith to accomplish what God gave you to do. And you need to, in my view, I have a small, very small group of people who I tell my business. Even church folks, I don't, I don't do that. You will never hear all of my business out there in the street. You won't hear that. You won't even know it. Unless you're supposed to know it. So, your vision is your vision. It's not meant for everybody else. Because when you exercise your faith, naysayers, sometimes they're going to get jealous of you anyway. And sometimes I've seen where you have a gift or you have a vision and you share it with some people. And the people you share it with, they will do everything they can to dissuade you. I'm telling you because they're jealous. Not everybody, of course. I'm talking about that those that few. That few. I mean, you could be surrounded by people you love, strong Christian people, but every person has their own journey. Every person has their own journey, and everyone can't go with you on that journey. They just can't. And not everyone is even fit for your journey. You're fit for your journey. Okay, God is equipping you for your journey, and he'll put people in your way that you least expect to help you on your journey. But just remember, that's your journey toward your vision. What you need to do is just what we need to do, because I'm talking to myself, too, as I talk to you, 
is we just need to be obedient and supply the faith and the work because faith without works is dead. James 2.17. And I know this. You have to, we have to do everything to keep a positive mindset when it comes to our vision and exercising our faith. Because I'm telling you, I've been there. People will throw these darts and we have that shield of faith. We have to quench them. We have to quench them. I mean, I think of one story in the Bible where Jesus had 12 apostles. But when it came time to him to pray earnestly to the father, he only took three. <laughs> I think there's a reason for that. He only took three when it came time to him to really talk to God about some things. That's how I read that. All right. So point three, take charge of your vision. Point four, tested faith or faith and unbelief. Either one tested faith. Sometimes our faith may be tested. I said tested. Now, I didn't say tempted because God doesn't tempt people. We already know that from James chapter 1. I'm talking about tested because the heart of man is often challenged to see how we will respond. It's not like God doesn't know, but sometimes you may be tested. Think about Esau in Genesis chapter 5, 25. Esau, Jacob's brother, who foolishly gave up his birthright for a pot of stew. He lacked the faith. To know God would take care of him. A pot of stew. Really Esau? Esau. Was one of the best hunters in the world. This man was amazing. God put that in him. He was one of the best hunters. And if you don't know the story. I'll just read this real quick. It says. And Jacob <clears throat> saw at pottage. And Esau came from the field. And he was faint. And Esau said to Jacob. Feed me. I pray thee with, the, with that same red pottage. For I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. And Jacob said, tell me this day thy birthright. Sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, behold, I am at the point to die. And what profit shall this birthright do to me? And Jacob said, swear to me this day. And he swore unto him. And he sold his birthright unto Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils. And he did eat and drink. And rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright and so being a gifted hunter like that you would think he might have had some extra provisions or something just in my mind but the way i read this passage he didn't use the gift god gave him beforehand he didn't have to be like that he lacked the faith he didn't do it and so i would just encourage one everyone to exercise your faith that's what we're talking about have faith in god if we use what we already possess Guess what? We don't have to look past what we possess. Keep asking for God to increase something that we don't even have yet. If you use what you have, we will all be better off. Just use what's in your hands. It's like Abraham, a man of faith, who <clears throat> excuse me, was obedient to God and became the father of many nations. He proved his loyalty by exercising his faith to God. He was going to obey God and kill his own son and to God stop that and God saw his faithfulness and his obedience and he blessed him he blessed him became he became the father of many nations that's Genesis 21 to 18 so you know when I read these stories I th I'm thinking about faith and I'm saying you know what God doesn't set you up to fail he sets you apart to succeed he makes you different you're not the same like everyone else 
He sets you apart. Okay, point five. And this is actually in the passage what I read. Point five, and the last point, forgiveness. Verse 25, and when ye stand praying, forgive. If ye have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your, trespass your trespasses. Church, let me tell you. Forgiveness, unforgiveness rather, will hinder your life. It will. It will hinder your life. You're not hurting anyone except yourself. I promise you that. People that you may have unforgiveness about, they're probably not even thinking about you. You are not in their head. They already did what they did. They already did what they did, and they've moved on. And we're sitting here with unforgiveness, bitterness, and that's just not going to help us. It's very unhealthy. And so if we think about God, who will supply the peace we need to obtain forgiveness. You want to be, we want to be strong in the faith. Forgiveness is for us to be set free from unforgiveness. First Peter 5, 7, casting all your care upon him, even that unforgiveness, for he cares for you. Free yourself from the grips of unforgiveness. Have faith in God. Keep your faith. Keep your faith strong. Be encouraged, church. Be the better person. Somebody they have all against you, they have hatred, they don't want to talk to you. Set yourself free. God will deal with them. He'll put laborers in their path. They don't want to talk to you about it. That's okay. God will handle that. But set yourself free. Be the better person. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. That's Romans 8, 37. And that's my message for tonight. So now I'm going to pray. Lord, I thank you for these who come forth. And we have fellowship tonight. We have prayed. We have enjoyed you. We have enjoyed the atmosphere. We have enjoyed, enjoyed the scriptures that were read. God, we thank you, Lord, for every person on this line. I ask you, Lord, to give an abundance of blessing that they won't have room enough to receive it, God. For those who may be struggling with different things, personal things that they won't, don't want to mention, God, in the name of Jesus, we know who you are. We know, God, that you restore, that you refresh, you renew. And you turn things around often when we least expect it because you are God and you love us. And God, I ask you to do the same thing for everyone on this line. And God, help us to obtain our peace for those of us who don't have it. Because the Bible says we keep our minds stayed on you. You will keep us in perfect peace, not good peace, perfect peace. And we thank you, God. We thank you, God, for all these on this line and for every life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah.